obviously need to keep our businesses alive. So we need to be doing something to bring money in the door so we can pay our commitments and pay our staff. But then, you know, you also struggle with the fact that, okay, things are really bad outside right now and we're exposing ourselves to, you know, to people and, and our staff. And so, you know, you just, nothing ever feels really like you're doing the right thing ever. Welcome to Food on the Table, a podcast that brings you behind the scenes to meet the people who drive the food industry and keep our communities fed. From restaurant owners to food critics, food tech entrepreneurs to hunger relief nonprofits, these are the stories of those who are working hard to put more food on the table for all. Andrew from Gift & Meal here, and today I'm joined by Tara Galina, co-owner of the award-winning restaurants Vicia and Winslow's Table. 2020 has been quite the roller coaster. This episode, you're going to hear Tara's story and the story of how a restaurant can react and ride the waves of community support during a pandemic and adapt and lean into that support without wiping out. It's a very real story and very timely. So without further ado, here it is. have been uh, in St. Louis now since I guess we, my husband Michael and I moved here at the end of 2015 from uh, New York and we both worked at a restaurant together there called Blue Hill at Stone Barns which is one of you know world-renowned top restaurants really just an amazing place and Michael was the chef there and I had been working there starting as a um, farm and um, sort of service apprentice uh, and then grew into um, a more leadership role in the dining room and we eventually uh, got married and you know decided that we wanted to kind of plant our flag here in St. Louis which is Michael's hometown which is our connection to the city and we are both really just you know have a love of wonderful food supporting local food systems sharing great hospitality and so we started our first restaurant Vicia in early 2017, uh, sort of with that ethos in mind, uh, and that restaurant is located in the Cortex Innovation District in the uh, near the Central West End. Great. And then what led you guys to acquire Winslow's home and then turn into Winslow's Table? Yeah, you know, I, I think it was sort of just all the everything lined up, you know, the stars aligned. It was not really something we had been planning. Uh, the idea of a second restaurant was always something we talked about, but also always felt you know, we didn't want it to be forced and we'll know when the time is right. And we had a relationship with the owners of Winslow's Home who also own Winslow's Farm, which is a farm that we had sourced food from at Vicia and loved what they did there. You know, it's it's an institution in University City really kind of celebrates just that all day vibe, great breakfast, wonderful pastries, you know, really just focus on farm to table food. So, and our sort of idea we've been floating around, you know, for a while was the idea to be able to expand to something more casual, to expand on our bread program, to be able to offer a lot of the kind of ingredients and, and components of things that people love about Vicia, but sold kind of more in a retail setting. So when we kind of got wind that um, they might be looking to close Winslow's home, it just felt like the right time to reach out and say, hey, you know, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess before we dive into what the situation's been like with the pandemic, on a little lighter of a note, do you have any like favorite pastry item that you get at Winslow's table or a favorite menu item at Visia? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually driving to Winslow's right now. And I'm sure before I leave, I will consume either a scone or a chocolate chip cookie, which <laughs> 
maybe one of the good things about the pandemic is I'm not there every single day, so I don't eat as many baked goods as I was. <laughs> but um, yeah, the chocolate chip cookie is killer. It's like the perfect, it's just big enough that I feel like I can eat half and then save half for later. And um, our scones are um, changed seasonally, but um, they're just delicious and kind of the perfect thing to have with a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, and uh, at Visia, uh, our dishes are changing quite frequently there because of our commitment to seasonality. However, there is almost always a vegetable fried rice dish on the menu, which comprises local Missouri rice, uh, brown basmati rice that they kind of cook and then smoke over the over our wood fire grill and fill with whatever seasonal vegetables are, are around and get it really crispy and we make our own exo sauce and put a fried egg on it and just delicious so I, I either eat it there or ask Michael to bring it home for me you know at least once a week that's awesome and I guess taking a step back and going to March uh, through the present can you just kind of walk me through what this has been like for you and Michael throughout the various stages of the pandemic and what have you guys been doing to adapt and what's worked and what hasn't worked um, well, the short answer is it's been really, really hard. Um, as I know, it's been for everyone. And, and I, you know, I hesitate to try to sound too down, down about it because, you know, there are a lot of big problems in the world and ours are only a small fraction. But, you know, it, it, it would be, yeah, I would be remiss to say that it's been anything but probably the challenge, most challenging thing I've done in my life. And having two small children seems like a walk in the park compared to what. <laughs> <laughs> what this is but you know it's 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 like these stages of grief almost you know and I think in the beginning no one knew how long this was going to go on so it, it felt I think we all industry-wide I mean I think everybody felt very like we can do this like you know we're gonna just we're gonna tough it out and it's a couple weeks or you know and then it was a couple months and you know we're gonna survive this and you know thank god the you know the gov federal government did what they did and they stepped in and they they provided relief and support to both individuals and to businesses we were one of them and you know it really felt like when things we decided you know to reopen our businesses in may because we did completely close um and when we did that you know there was this newfound sense of hope i think for a while and as things have you know, gone on and on and on and weeks turns to months and months now look to be years, you know, it's, um, it's a little grim, I, you know, and I, I, I can not just speaking for myself, I, I, I check in with a lot of other um, restaurant owners as well. And, you know, going into the winter was already something we were pretty nervous about. But I think now combined with how dramatically the cases have increased here in St. Louis right now, I think it's just it's it's a very strange burden to carry because we obviously need to keep our businesses alive. So we need to be doing something to bring money in the door so we can pay our commitments and pay our staff. But then you know you also struggle with the fact that okay things are really bad outside right now and we're exposing ourselves to you know to people and, and our staff and so you know you just nothing ever feels really like you're doing the right thing ever um, is probably the best way I can summarize it we've changed uh, you know sort of menu concepts a lot we've tried to you know the word of the year pivot as much as we can and um, and try to keep getting people's attention. You know, people are fatigued on everything. People are fatigued on COVID. People are fatigued probably on ordering out food. You know, every, everything in our lives, we're kind of just exhausted. So I get that, you know, something that people are really into one week, you know, four weeks later, you know, kind of trickles off because someone else is doing something new and exciting and we're just all seeking something new and exciting. So that's been, you know, that's been a struggle and, and in terms of, you know, staffing and 
ordering and, and figuring out, you know, what, what's going to happen this week. And, and so I, I don't think there's one perfect formula. Um, we're considering, um, you know, doing some delivery potentially at Visia. You know, again, people seem excited, but that could last for two weeks. And then that mm. excitement wanes, you know, so it's just really hard to plan. Um, so I'm just looking at things, you know, maybe four weeks in a clip and then really trying not to think much more than that. And so when you're looking in that timeline of the short term of four weeks, and not just for you, but the restaurants all over St. Louis and across the country are looking at kind of getting that cash flow in order to pay staff and be able to keep operations going and everything. What are some of the different ways that people can support uh, restaurants during this time to get cash flow in in all the different ways? Yeah, I mean, besides the, you know, the obvious ordering, you know, ordering takeout, ordering curbside is is obviously super helpful. But beyond that, uh, I know we at both restaurants have, um, you know, have put a lot into holiday ordering. uh, And thankfully, uh, at both locations, this at this point, we had sold out of our our Thanksgiving orders, which, you know, really just blew me away. Uh, And we're going to do the same thing for Christmas and do something fun for New Year's and, you know, kind of trying to keep keep that going. And that, you know, is incredible because, you know, people order in mass. It's, you know, it's cash right now. Um, you know, so that really, really helps, um, helps us out a lot. Um, so I would say, you know, if a restaurant that you love is doing holiday orders, you know, pre-order, help them get that cash in the door right now. And, you know, you can collect on it later. And that's one way, um, you know, gift cards are, I think are, are going to be interesting to see how, how, those sell right now because while yes, those are incredible because it's cash today um, for something you don't actually need to necessarily provide. Um, at the same time, I think people might be a little nervous about buying as many gift cards because the state of the restaurant industry is so in question. And I, I completely understand that. Um, so we're trying to, instead of pushing just here's a gift card, we're really trying to create giftable experiences um, that can be for a wine club subscription or a cocktail club subscription, or let us curate a special meal that we deliver to your house, or, you know, let us put a gift box together for you. Some other things that are a little more tangible, um, than, than just sort of feeling like you're blindly buying someone a gift card, um, Mm -hmm. which I, I hope, you know, people are receptive to. So I would, you know, I would consider those types of opportunities as well. Um, and then, uh, beyond that, I think just, uh, just word of mouth, uh, you know, none of us can really afford to advertise right now. That was, you know, the first thing that went, if anything was going to get cut, was advertising dollars, whether through, you know, traditional media or social media. So, you know, anybody who can post, hey, I had a great meal from this place, or hey, even if you can't afford to order right now, just just help us spread the word, you know, put a little list together of your favorite places and share it with your friends and family, you know, on social media. And, and, and that really, you know, can help too. Absolutely. And then thinking a little bit bigger picture um, in terms of you mentioned the legislation in the early phases of the pandemic were something that provided hope and optimism to for the restaurants. Uh, after seeing kind of what's been going on lately and seeing how that first round of stimulus went, uh, what do you think would be most helpful for restaurants from a legislation perspective uh, if um, something new could come about now? And how can listeners help with that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, as far as what the exact solution is, I, I mean, I think something similar to the PPP program with some hopefully improvements the second time around uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how it's how it's functioning. But, uh, you know, that that would essentially what that did for us and a lot of us was allow us to keep or in our case, bring employees back on, you know, allow us to keep going, keep them employed, um, even if, you know, we weren't you know, as busy as we wanted to be, it helped cover um, so that we didn't have to cut anybody. Um, the timing of when they released that was really tough because it happened when so many of us were already closed. So it didn't really have probably the full benefit to restaurants that it should have. However, I think going forward, another version of that when we are all still open before we would have to make those hard choices and to potentially lay off employees, um, you know, would allow us to just keep staying creative and, and keep pushing, but not feeling like, you know, we just got to let everyone go because we just can't survive. Um, so I, I think I think a program similar to that would, would be incredibly impactful. Um, and then the alternative is if you know, the federal government really thinks that restaurants just need to be closed right now in order to, to stop the spread of this virus, then they've got to step up and they've got to support, you know, the businesses with some type of grant, and then they've got to support unemployment. Uh, you know, I, 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 I struggle with what to do because I don't think that if I had to let anyone go right now, I, I, they just wouldn't find a job and then they wouldn't get the unemployment benefit they need so it's 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 you know it's a really tough weight to carry um yeah. so those those two elements have to be discussed and and unfortunately just with the situation um at hand you know in in washington dc right now i i just don't know if anyone's really truly focused on this it doesn't feel that way you know we made so much momentum in getting legislation passed in the house um, through the uh, HEROES Act, uh, and you know it just stalled through the Senate, and it's it's never gone anywhere since. So um, I do believe that you know squeaky wheels get the oil, and and I think that you know people who are concerned about the the state of not only their own lives, of course, but of, of their restaurant community and the, you know cultural fabric of their cities, you know need to need to make some phone calls, need to make you know make their voices heard, need to post about it on social media, need to let people know to reach out to our elected officials. I mean, here in Missouri, you know, we've heard pretty much nothing from our two senators, which is really disappointing. Um, and and I, I just, you know, I can't keep being the one bothering them. You know, we need more people to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get everyone is just, you know, exhausted right now. But that's that's kind of the state of things. I, I If we have to wait until, you know, January when there's, you know, a, um, a shift in things in, in Washington, I, I don't know if that's enough time, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So with, you know, with legislation being something that we can try to kind of continue to poke and prod the government to try to get them to do something, but not a guarantee by any means, uh, how are you preparing for the winter time and what, what kind of tips do you have to other restaurants that um, are looking to kind of face a difficult winter? Oh, um, I don't know what kind of advice I could give anyone else. Um, I, you know, you've sort of caught me on a day when I'm, I'm sort of faced with, with making a lot of decisions and, and I'm not really sure the answers. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I usually always have something to say, but, um, this is, yeah, I mean, this is just, like I said, this is just the most real thing I've, I've ever had to deal with. Um, and every time we thought we were kind of getting somewhere, you know, it's it's sort of two steps backwards. So I, I would I would love advice from someone else, but <laughs> um, you know, 
we're just we're just trying to slim you know slim the operation as much as we can and try to consolidate our offerings um, and try to find creative ways between both restaurants to get enough people you know the shifts that they need um, but if you know restrictions stay the same in terms of you know capacities if you know the weather becomes severely cold there's just not are not a lot of other options other than relying strictly on takeout so and and as anybody who owns a restaurant will tell you you know you can't support an entire like most of us are carrying um, so some, something has to happen soon our, our our you know whether that's the county whether that's at the state level um you know they are sort of leaving us all to make very hard choices without any support which is um you know which is really disappointing yeah and i guess speaking of the level of support not just from the government but from the community um how have you seen like the reaction from the st louis community with the restaurants and with Fisia and Winslow's table and how they supported all of you. Yeah, I mean, people have been incredible. I, I you know, I, I have nothing but, you know, wonderful things to say about our customers and, and, and their ability to to really rally and, and get behind us. Um, at Winslow's, you know, we're in a community here. We're in, you know, in a neighborhood. Um, so we're really fortunate to have that sort of built-in audience over here. And, and you know, we get I see the same names ordering, you know, several days a week. And it just, you know, really just makes me smile um, that we're able to, you know, kind of cultivate that business for them in that way. And, um, you know, Vizia is a little more challenging because we are both a destination and more of a fine dining experience, or at least that's, you know, what we were. So um, it's a little, it's been, it's been a lot harder to garner the same um, week to week to week, you know, business with that kind of, um, stuff working against us right now but but the people that we do have i will tell you we've been doing these dinners on saturdays where um and it, i don't i i honestly don't even know how it started but we, we just kind of started doing a couple and then and it's sort of taken on this whole life of its own but um they're just different they're based on a different destination every saturday so uh for example last week it was the szechuan province in china this week it's the region uh regions throughout northern italy um you know we've done everything from you know, Filipino to um, to French to um, uh, gosh, what else? Um, you know, Hawaiian pig roast, all kinds of fun stuff. And we we put it out there on a Monday, and we say it's for Saturday pickup, and we have X number of meals. We can usually do between 100 and 125. Um, and you know, they sell out. You know, in in a matter of a day or two. Um, and it's like almost the same people every week doing it, and it's it's just it's it's incredible because it it just shows me one that you know they're supporting us but two i think we're also providing something fun that people are responding to and yeah. it's making them happy even just for a short bit um and so i i just love that um so if anything i think we're trying to figure out how do we how do we maybe just do that for a while um you know maybe that's what people want is is just a, a distraction yeah <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned the fatigue people are facing and providing that type of unique culinary experience, I think is something that can definitely lift up people's days. And uh, then also nice that it kind of circles back and makes you as the restaurateur smile as well. So uh, yeah, no, I think that's awesome what you're doing. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, um, as we were talking about earlier, the easiest way to support the, our restaurants are by actually just going out and ordering from them. 
uh, with whatever availability it is, whether it's outdoor dining or takeout, curbside delivery. Uh, but then also Tara mentioned some of these kind of experiential options of uh, these kind of gift packages that restaurants are doing. If they're doing market options, gift cards, uh, definitely check out restaurant social media pages in order to see what their latest offerings are. Uh, Tara, I guess, do you have any parting words for our listeners on um, anything that um, you think would be helpful to share with them or ways that they can support? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, we got to just stay, stay, um, stay positive, even though I don't feel like I sound very positive today. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just being honest. Um, you know, but I think we're, you know, we're all struggling. And, and I think with, with restaurants, I think we have been gathering places for people, you know, for so long, for so many special memories and occasions and, and just becauses. And, um, you know, I just want to see that continue. Part of the reason, you know, we decided to, to, to move to St. Louis was because, you know, the restaurant community here and just the overall culture of dining was just so awesome and, you know, diverse and, um, you know, it's just really outstanding. And I think it's a reason why people visit St. Louis. I think it's a driver of tourism. It impacts so many other, um, you know, industries. So, you know, I just, I want to see that come back to life. You know, I really do. So I, I would just implore people to, um, you know, to just, even if it's a small way, even if it's buying a bottle of wine or it's, you know, getting one item or, you know, whatever it is, you know, just a small bit of support, you know, really helps frequently. Um, and, and the, and the big thing that I mentioned too, was just really helping us advertise, I think is, um, is really powerful. Absolutely. The power of spreading the word is definitely really big. Uh, well, terrific. Thank you so much, Tara, for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it. Wishing the best of luck to you and visiting at Winslow's Table and all the restaurants during this winter time. Again, just really appreciate all that you're doing for the community and employees and everything as you do the best you can at getting through this. Big thanks to Tara Galina from Visi and Winslow's Table for joining us today and for sharing what it's like to pilot a mission-driven restaurant through tough times. If you enjoyed today's story and want to hear more about the very real people who are making things work behind the scenes and on the line, please subscribe to the podcast and check out the free Gift a Meal app, which is feeding people in need every day. Find the links from today's episode in the show notes and catch us next time for some more Food on the Table. Mm-hmm.